Spirit, one true, one triune God forever. Amen. Most respected and beloved Dutchman, respected idolites, and dearly beloved in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is truly a great blessing to be here once again. I thank God Almighty for bringing me here. And I also want to extend my heartfelt thanks to our beloved regard, Grandfather Ivar for allowing me to be here in his absence. Uh, at this time, let us continue to pray for him and his travels so that he may be with us as soon as possible. As always, it is a great blessing, as I mentioned. Um, it is always a great blessing to see uh, the sacrifices that you all are putting, um, the sacrifices, the commitment, the dedication. Uh, and throughout the Holy Nirvana this morning, I heard many cries here and there, but that in, that in itself is a great blessing. Uh, bringing your children very early to uh, the sanctuary and allowing them to participate, witness, uh, but more over than anything, participate in this Holy Nirvana. Uh, as you know, the weather is getting colder and it is more comfortable We'd rather be under the blankets uh, in the next coming months. But again, your dedication, your uh, sacrifices of coming early and uh, leading these services is it's really a great blessing. And I hope that more people will see it. And I, and I do pray that you all will be a great witness to many others. And dearly beloved, it is now the fifth Sunday after the Festival of the Holy Cross. And the Gospel reading which we heard this morning was taken from the Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 to 12. Again, the Gospel according to uh, St. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 to 12. Uh, and those of us who heard this Gospel reading, you all know that it is a Gospel reading that is very relevant uh, to the times that we live in today. Especially those of us who have been hearing of uh, many things going on, whether in the church, within the church, uh, whether it is the things that are going on uh, in India or the, the things that are going on in the other Christian denominations we are all well aware of. Uh, but for our reflection today, uh, I would like to stress on three points from today's Gospel reading. Number one, the very first verse. Then Jesus Christ says to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat. Now, when we hear this, we have to ask ourselves, what exactly does Jesus Christ say? What is Moses' seat? Uh, you all know, especially when we study scripture, the Old Testament, we know that uh, unlike uh, King Solomon and King David, where they actually had seats available for them to sit in, Moses really did not have a seat. And it really isn't his fault, because as you all know, uh, the Lord always said to Moses, uh, keep moving. Don't sit in one place. Don't stay in one place. You are always supposed to move. And so we see in his life and in his ministry, Moses was always moving around. So then what exactly is Jesus Christ saying? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law sit in Moses' seat. Any biblical reference there that's given in the Old Testament? There is one. And that uh, reference is about a stone. You all know when uh, Moses and the Israelites were going to war, uh, I believe it's with the Amalekites, uh, when Moses lifted his hands, there was always victory. 
But you all know, after some time when we lift our hands, we get tired. And so Moses was growing tired. And immediately when his hands were going down, the Israelites saw failure. And so immediately what happened? Joshua and his assistants, immediately they got a stone and they put it right behind Moses so that he can sit down. Not only did Moses sit down, but Joshua and his companion, they were holding up his hand, they were lifting, they were helping lift up his hands so the Israelites can continue to succeed uh, in their battles. So that is the only reference of Moses' seed that we see in Scripture. But again, is that what uh, Jesus Christ is referring to? Absolutely not. We all know, especially through our faith and practices, our studies of the Scriptures, we know that uh, even today, the mention of Moses, he is very revered as well as exalted uh, among the great prophets. And there's a reason for that. We all know this. It's because God himself gave Moses the law. God himself gave him the law. But not only did God give him the law, when God gave him the law, he was always with Moses. Again, when we study the life and ministry of Moses, we know that God commanded Moses to do many things in his life. Moses, go to war. Or Moses, hit that rock. And immediately, God tells him, you just do it, but I will be right there next to you. So all throughout his life and his ministry, we realize and we see that God not only gave him the law, but God was with him all throughout his life. Dearly beloved, now coming back to the Gospel reading, we all know that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, including us Hutchins and bishops, and I would also extend this uh, to uh, mention our Sunday school teachers who are teaching our children about our faith and practices, about our uh, about our Holy Gurbana and all of the sacraments, all these great things that they're doing. We have to ask ourselves, and this is a question that I ask myself uh, constantly, is God with me? For we see in Moses' life, whenever God was with him, he succeeded. For us who are teachers of the law, is God with us? And we often see failure when God is not with us. So that is number one, the first verse at the very beginning of today's Gospel reading. Jesus Christ is saying, they sit in Moses' seat, and now we move to the second point. However, you must be careful not to do everything that they do. You must be careful to do everything that they tell you to do, but do not do as they do. And we all know the reason behind this. Uh, you all know as uh, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were very uh, aware of the promises of the prophets. They were always preaching and waiting for the coming of the Messiah. But they failed to see the Messiah in their life. Also, they had one other characteristic. While they were teaching and preparing for the Messiah, they had one fault, and that fault is this. They did not want the Messiah to be greater than them. They did not want the Messiah to be greater than them. And if you think about it in our lives, uh, this is something that oftentimes we fall into the same uh, type of sin. 
We all know about the Gospels. We're very, uh, we agree with the Gospels. We agree with the life of Jesus Christ. Everything that he has taught, everything that he has said is all true. It's all great. It's all re re relevant. Uh, but we often fail to practice those teachings in our lives. And this is what the Pharisees were doing. They all knew what was right. They were creating burdensome troubles on others. And if you think about it in our lives, uh, as I mentioned, we know everything about the teachings of Jesus Christ. Everything is said is all good. Uh, they're all good, but we fail to practice it in our lives. In other words, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is good, but we have our own gospel, which is more convenient to us that we follow. Is that not true in our lives? Here, uh, Jesus Christ is pinpointing the Pharisees' life. For they were to attain righteousness in everything that they did, but they failed in that. But he is teaching his disciples and his followers, you are not to be like them. Rather, hear everything that they say, practice it, for you know what is right and wrong. It is now your responsibility to attain that righteousness by only doing wrong. By only doing right. Finally, we see in today's gospel, the very last verse we see. Jesus Christ says, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Again, a very beautiful verse. I'm sure that we all can agree with this verse. Those of us who will humble ourselves will be exalted. Absolutely, it is right. And we have the great teacher before us, that is Jesus Christ himself. All throughout his life and his ministry, he practiced humility, he practiced humbleness. And we see the great example on that Passover night. Uh, what we just practiced, and, uh, what we practice today, the Holy Gurbana. We do this because Jesus Christ said, whenever you meet, continue to do this in remembrance of me. And so, the church as a whole, all of us, we have become experts in practicing and offering Holy Gurbani. It is very true. But we fail to realize Jesus Christ did one more thing that night. And that is, He showed the greatest humility that night by washing the feet of His disciples. And when we look very closely at Scripture, we will also see Jesus Christ said, you must practice this as well. And this is where we as a church, we as individuals have failed. We are excellent in practicing the Holy Nirvana. Uh, we have become experts in all of this. But there's one thing that we fail and lack to practice, and that, that is humility in our lives. That is humility in our lives. Dearly beloved, if we want to uh, understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, if we want to become closer to God, this is a characteristic that we have to practice in our lives. Humility. It is an absolute must. And it's not only something that we practice when we come to church, but rather all walks of our life, wherever we are, whether we are in school, whether we are traveling, uh, wherever we are, we have to practice humility. Then only, as Jesus Christ has mentioned today, uh, those who exalt themselves will be humble, but those who truly humble themselves will be exalted and will be closer to God. May God bless you all.